Love that theme song. It's another episode of Buddy Cash. But you know what, guys? I'm going to take the day off. <gasps> I know, right? Nick needs a little what? vacation. So I'm going to change things up today. We have our first lady over here, Miss Jessica. How are you doing today, honey? I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. And we have our very special guest and our ultimate buddy, Chris Heron. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Jessica. It is yeah. a pleasure to be here. And good morning, at least good morning from here. I know you guys are on the East Coast, but uh, mm -hmm. a happy right. lunch hour to you guys. <laughs> hey, it's good morning, good afternoon. And all we need to do is some, find someone who's uh, about to enter nighttime. You know? <laughs> I think England, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe. I've, I've got some buddies from England. A shout yeah. out to them real quick. Philippines, I think, is is completely opposite us, I, if I'm not mistaken. So they're yeah. all. Kind of. I know you have some buddies there from there from there, Chris. Yes, absolutely. I got some mm -hmm. friends from there. Yes. So I'm gonna pull a magic trick because I know you're the magician here, Chris. But I'm gonna pull a magic trick. I'm gonna disappear from the screen soon, and I'm gonna let Jessica take over the show. It's gonna be you and Jessica today, just chatting away like good buddies. Just a little practice because I know she herself has been contemplating doing her own show. So I want to give her the encouragement. I want to give her the practice. So, and I thought you would be perfect because you're our buddy. You are our pal, you know? So, well, thank you so much, Nick. And it's an honor to be Jessica's first guest. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, without further ado, I will leave you to it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Nick. Hi, Hi Jessica. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so what do we have in store today? So today, I think I'm going to start with uh, my first question, which I think let's kind of start with um, growing up. Like, what was your, um, I guess, like, what was your favorite magic trick? But also, like, what got you intrigued to magic? Well, I, I remember when I was a little kid, and it was I we used to live at my grandma's house mm -hmm. and she had this old black and white television. If you can kind of imagine that it was like huge, like, you know, it it was just like a huge cargo box. But yeah. I would sit in front of it and this old documentary kind of came on and this this gentleman by the name of Eric Weiss was on there. And most people out there will know Eric Weiss as Houdini. And it was a documentary about him. And I've seen him doing these great escapes. And when I had seen that, I was like amazed because what I saw was really just a, a superhero, a human, a real person that was this superhero to me. And I, I remember I began mimicking his escapes and tying my, my, myself up in, in rope. And then when I couldn't get out, I'd ask my mom to help me out. But I think <laughs> that's, that's awesome. right. You know, so when you're a kid, your just imagination just flows. Right, right. You know? and, and I think that's where it started for me was just seeing him. Although I don't do escapes now, mm -hmm. but Harry Houdini has still influenced me throughout my life you know that's awesome that's amazing yeah i like that and you know my first magic trick after i had seen houdini was this little ball and vase that i i got and it was from a magic store i can't remember where it was but it was li this little ball and vase in fact a lot of magicians use it today and it was this like you put a ball in this vase and you could make it appear and disappear. And because I was influenced by Houdini, I was like, oh, you know, this is something that I could do, that I could do easily. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I did that in summer school one time. And I, I was probably about in the third grade doing a trick and i remember that as part of my performance with a chair as being my my little tabletop doing magic on my knees and everyone was so impressed and you know what jessica that reaction 
from the audience got me hooked. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I really love what magic can do for people. And it wasn't for me. I got the satisfaction of doing it. But I, I was like, you know what? I, I, this is the one thing that I can actually do good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I can only imagine like, um, especially now, um, like when you impress a child and they're just like, so amazed, I can only imagine like how that makes you feel kind of like, cause I used to play in the band in high school. Yeah. And when you would uh, play, like we do school concerts and stuff and you'd just be finished and everyone would, you know, be clapping and whatnot, or, when you get to teach the younger students um, and they just be amazed, like, how do you do that? You know, and I play in front of my cousin sometimes. And it's just like seeing them be amazed by it is just, you know. You know what, I, I think with music, especially because I'm influenced by music so much. And mm -hmm. from what I was taught, magic is like medicine. You know, it, yeah. it heals us for just that moment, you know, makes us smile, it makes us laugh. And I think that's what music does too. And I think every now and then we kind of need that sort of escape, right? You yes. know, and for me, I had always liked that, you know, feeling of being able to do that for people, being able to give them this small experience, no matter how small. And as I got older, that has been my philosophy with magic. And that's why I continue to do it today is because I, I, I love that feeling of being able to give magic to people, you mm -hmm. know, and it's fun too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine for you as well. Like you're learning and um, like when you learn new like magic trick for the first time and yes, like, yes, I got it, you know? And that's that's the key, at least for a magician. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much magic, right, Jessica? Just so yes. much, just like music. Mm -hmm. and as the hardest thing for me is to find a piece of magic that I connect with, because I think what I am trying to do is I'm trying to find that 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 common bond with it, so that I can properly express it to people so that they could get the best experience out of it. And right. so when I find that piece of magic that really, really works for me and I, I can actually, uh, you know, express it with, you know, just kind of, it's kind of like uh, being one with it, so to speak, you know, not to get too philosophical, but when you understand it to the point where it becomes second nature, Right. I know that I can tell you a story and give it the best I can so that it it can do what it was meant to do. And that and that was to entertain you. It's so mm -hmm. hard to do that because not all magic tricks I get and not all magic tricks I can express in that way. And so mm -hmm. I put them aside, even though I love it so much, I have to put it aside because. I just, you know, for some reason, I just can't find that expression with it, you know, if, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense. It, yeah. It, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I see what, yep. Right. It's like, you know, with my character Faust, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, I would have never thought maybe 20 years ago, because he's fairly new. He's about 10 years old. Mm -hmm. I... I would have never thought to create a character like that with my masked character and perform pantomime 20 years ago. I just don't think I was in the right mindset or really understood that that art form to mm -hmm. the point where I could express it in in this way, you know, you know, for at least for me. But later, I mean, people know me more for the the pantomime, mm -hmm. but with the Faust character, I think, you know, he, he, I connected to because he told stories and that's what I love about magic is, is that genre of magic. If I were to be put into a piece of, you know, a category of magic, it would be uh, storytelling, you know, it, it's just, I don't put on a mask or I, you know, just don't put on a mask and just kind of do my thing. I hope 
that I can express a story. And, and, and that's why I do this uh, as yes. far as the magic is concerned. You know? mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, let's see. Let's show it. And, you know, you're doing a great job, Jessica. This is, this is fun for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm sure it's fun, like, talking about, like, kind of like your, I'm trying to think of another word other than history, but, like, yeah, like, how, like, you've come to be, basically, like, with your magic over the years. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Just to point out something, uh, Chubster is actually from the Philippines. Hi, Chubster. Uh, thank you for coming. And so it, I think it's nighttime over there. He has a great show, and I did a lecture for Chubster, or, or not a lecture, but sort of like a jam, a magic jam, and it was just a great bunch. So I wanted to say hi to Chubster out there. But yeah, yeah. you know, I think the thing is, it's it's almost kind of weird to be able to, uh, you know, be asked, um, you know, what my thoughts on magic are because I'm such a, you know, a small um, fixture in magic that I don't, I'm still a student of mm -hmm. magic. And I, I study under Jeff McBride and everything that I've learned, and he's really been my only magic teacher, like my serious magic teacher. So sometimes I have to be careful because I'm not sure if I'm telling the right thing. I can only tell what is right for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And and so, yeah, but I love, you know, talking about the theory and philosophy of magic because it's just a geeky thing to do on my end. You know, right. You, you, you could geek out on a lot of things, right? Yes. I was just about to say I could geek out on something I could geek out on. Um, right. Like some people could come up with a million things. But, yeah, there's a lot of things you can. And and I, I love that. I love like when people geek out on stuff like comics cosplay or or um or magic i mm -hmm. i love that because it shows this passion this 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 unabandoned passion this reckless abandonment to 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 dive into this art and or whatever it is it could be games for example i love that you know and mm -hmm. so i think that's what i've done with with magic and i've made it into a sort of life as you can see you know mm -hmm. uh, this is this is a collection of of you know my life and it may be obsessive to a lot of people but you know i i just it makes me feel good and i think yeah. for me that's most important mm -hmm. yeah um how much time would you say you uh like spend on practicing magic or you know, that's a good question. I think, you know, Jessica, when I first started out, I mm -hmm. was a hobbyist. And so I really only did it to just fool around and kind of, I was more interested in to see how things worked. Mm -hmm. yeah. I never really got it to that point where I was actually good at it. And I would say that was going on, you know, for the majority of my life. But then later on, when I really found, you know, that I had this passion to perform magic, I, I started, you know, having this ambition or this desire to become better. And then once I found my voice and I found Faust and that character and you know, my whole objective was is to be able to tell a story about this character. That's when I, I said to myself, I really need to put more time into it. And mm -hmm. so the teacher, I asked him, because he's a legend in magic, Jeff McBride. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I could never attain what he has, but I asked him, what does it take for me to take it to the next level? And, of course, practice, rehearsal, and performance are three things that you need to do. And he mentioned, you know, you need to get 10,000 hours of all that before you start attaining, uh, you know, a sort of mastery level at, at any art. And he said an hour a day 
is better than 12 hours on a weekend. And that mm -hmm. right there kind of resonated with me, right, Jess? I mean, yeah, you know, that makes sense even like for music. Right. Because, you know, you could kind of jam pack it all in one day, but does that really make it a difference? You're not rem remembering it every single day. Right. So mm -hmm. I, and understanding that concept, I started practicing an hour and I saw the difference that made in comparison to me just doing it on the weekends. And I literally had to give up, you know, all my extra other extracurricular activities to focus on magic. And when I did that, I did the hour a day and sometimes maybe a day off. But then an hour would lead to two hours and then two hours would lead to three hours and then four. And, you know, I had thought is, you know, is that too much? And then I thought to myself, no, it's not too much because like other art artists do that mm -hmm. athletes do that they spend the majority of their day doing you know what their trade is and i think at least for me that has been a, a discipline that i have to maintain which leads me into the virtual Perf you know prior to this whole virtual sort of thing going on with performing on on uh, on these you know video casts or these podcasts, I was performing live constantly. But when it all stopped, I was thinking I can't stop, and and practicing for myself in front of a mirror mirror isn't good enough. You know, just you watching me, you know, puts mm -hmm. on a different kind of pressure or stress to, yes right you understand that i mean yes me, absolutely we could practice this whole i know you you know this is your first podcast you know show and right. maybe we could kind of do this on the side just me and you without no one watching but it's it different. doesn't yeah it doesn't hold the same effect right mm -hmm. but, but even though we can't see an audience right now there is still this sort of pressure mm -hmm. right right so i needed that when i when i uh first decided to do a virtual show and that's why i'm kind of like constant with this thing because i always think about i need to perform i need to get my hours in but not only that you have a great platform to watch later on and to see how well you did and you know and then you can make your corrections from there so that's how much i put in to you know practice and and performing of course you can't replace actually doing it like right now where it's mm -hmm. whatever you put down it's you can't correct it right but, but you know what i think we always learn through our failures and mistakes but you know i think for me that's what it takes to take your um, magic to that level and also to just say that you care about it because even if I perform for just one person Jessica I mm -hmm. I feel like I would be cheating you if I didn't put in that time right you know mm -hmm. and just on a bigger level too I think you know you cheat what you know, magic is supposed to do. It's really not for me. It's really to to give to another person this, you know, sort of entertainment, this art form, this sense of astonishment. And you can mm -hmm. only do that by putting in the time. You know. Right. So that's that's where I'm at with with magic and whatnot. Nice. You that's know. awesome. Um have you ever had like, or prior to COVID even, um, like a favorite moment doing magic, like where you performed and some there was just someone that was so in awe or anything like that? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, again, I grew up, you know, I always bring up Jeff McBride. And for people who don't know who that is, he is probably, you know, one of the, the greatest magicians of the 20th or 
you know, 21st century. And, you know, I had seen him growing up in the 90s. I seen him do a mask act much different than mine. And he did card manipulations, just an extraordinary display. And it was quite, I don't want to say aggressive, but it was dynamic. Mm -hmm. sort of magic that he did. And then if people out there don't know who he is, look him up. His name is Jeff McBride. He is one of the greatest magicians in the world. And so I had seen him and, you know, I had admired him throughout my teenage years and through my adulthood. And to make a long story short, I met him in my 20s at, you know, Las Vegas. And he oh, brought so cool. Yes, he brought me on stage, Jessica. Out of all the kids, out of all the adults there, he brought me That's on stage. Awesome. And he was doing a mime act. So he was hitting a bucket. He gave me a wand and I was hit. I had to mimic what he did. So he pulled me up. He was kind of bringing, leading me back and back and back towards the stage. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be on stage with Jeff McBride. And so I was on the stage and he did this routine mm -hmm. called Sorcerer's Apprentice. I, I later found out that that was what it was called. And he was pulling coins out of my nose, my ears. And, and, at the, and he wasn't talking at all. And I was just amazed because... I had read about this particular act, but never seen it in person. And I knew how difficult it was to do, but he was doing it right there in front of me. A master was doing it right there in front of me. And I was just blown away. But at the very end of that performance, Jessica, he said, you know, I have these wands. He goes, the wand is a symbol that is given from master to apprentice to pass on the knowledge of magic. And today I pass it on to you. And he gave me this wand 25 years ago. like, And it said, what you believe is real is real. Jeff McBride. I never knew what that meant until later on in life. And, it, you know, that's a different story. But he gave me this wand and he says, the stage is yours. And this drum beat started going, you know, you know, going louder and louder. And, and you know, the, his band was playing and he just said, you know, the stage is yours. And I was just left there. And the only thing I could do was dance because there was no way I was going to do magic. <laughs> and he started laughing <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and he says, that is what magic is to make people smile. And today you did that. I will remember that for the rest of my life. I kept that wand. For the rest of my life and the reason why i tell that story is because push 20 25 plus years later i'm performing with him in las vegas as his student and and making my las vegas debut at his club and i nearly broke down in tears when i was in the backstage nearly broke down because this wasn't something i put into my you know, to-do list in life, right? Mm -hmm. This wasn't nearly even a bucket list because it was so far out of reach. Right. But, you know, I had remembered this this sort of journey. Thank you, Chubster. <laughs> this journey that had led me to that point. And that has got to be the most memorable experience for me, Jessica, is that that culmination of events that eventually led me up to performing with my teacher and now my friend, you mm -hmm. know, and I, I, I think because of that, that moment, it, it certainly affected me. And I said, you know, I told him backstage that day that if I never get to perform again, then I'd be happy. And I hold that true. You know, mm -hmm. I hold that true today because at least I have that memory, you know, that yeah. started off as this kid who admired mm -hmm. him. And then here I am sharing the stage. So that is the, my, my most memorable moment, Jessica.
that's awesome. I love that story. Just like, <laughs> like you said, it was like, it kind of, it wasn't on your bucket list because it was out of reach and we all have those, you know, those out of reach bucket list ideas and to have it come to life. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, you don't think about stuff like that. And, and like I said, I didn't, I didn't want to perform on the stage. Mm-hmm. I think that performing on the stage was inspired by my experience with cancer. And so cancer was the, the sort of catalyst to create my character and then the catalyst to want to be able to tell a story. You know, mm-hmm. not necessarily my story, but a guy that, you know, went through the same thing, a, a very tragic thing, because I gravitate to like these sorts of, you know, um, like, I guess an obstacle story or something mm-hmm. that can take a tragedy and then change it. I had always mm-hmm. loved stories like that. Same. You know, so I wanted to create one of my own and even romantic stories, you know, as as mushy as that may sound. I love a good like love story, especially mm-hmm. when there's heartbreak in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're able to overcome the heartbreak, then, you know, all the better when you've, uh, you know, go over that hill and overcome that obstacle. And I try to implement these things into Faust, you know, and I think that's why I, I'm, I'm in so in love with that sort of character as well. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> so if we have the approval of Nick, Jessica, then I think we're doing good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. Right. No. Producer for today. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. He's behind the scenes if anyone's wondering. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Okay. On that note, yeah. are you, so speaking of magic and magic tricks, yeah. are you working on like, or practicing anything new right now? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people know me more for, oh, the producer has spoken. I get to control the magic today. And that is, you know, I just want to remind people that this is Jessica's first uh, podcast show. And she is doing a great job. So if you're out there watching and just coming in, Jessica is taking over BuddyCast. And so I'm her Just for a little bit. Yeah. No worries. Nick's I'm, coming back, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Nick will come back, but I think I think you, we could get used to this, right, Jessica? <laughs> I could. I, you know, I could see myself after like even just how many, yeah, twenty eight minutes after just doing this, you know, the chit chat back and forth. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see myself doing this, you know, um, like a couple times a week, and you know, interviewing friends and whomever. You know, it it's fun and it's interesting because you learn so much. That's what I would hope hope to do is help other people learn as well through the podcast <laughs> well i think you're doing a great job i mean you certainly make me feel un- i mean very very comfortable mm-hmm. and you know, i i love sharing my story and you know if it makes you smile and nick smile then you know by all means i i, I love sharing and mm-hmm. you talked about uh, going back to what you said do do i have new uh magic to share and I do, you know, what What a <laughs> Chubster. Thank you, Chubster. <laughs> <laughs> it's late out there, so I give it to this guy. So I was going to say it must be what time probably for him? I, I think we're we're nearing like midnight. I assume we're past midnight. Trent, how are you doing, Trent? <laughs> <laughs> Nick Poo. Um, you know, Jessica, I've been working. I know a lot of people have seen my pantomime. Mm-hmm. And... And, you know, I, I love pantomime because it does tell stories. But I also work on storytelling magic. And for me, storytelling by words. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd love to tell a story if, if I may. Yes, know? absolutely. And I'll, I'll leave it to you, Jessica. I, I'll just kind of reach over and grab my stuff. But... Do you want to hear a romantic tale or a strange, a strange one, a strange story? And you wait, let me grab my stuff and then 
you think about it and sounds good hmm, what shall we do should we choose romantic so what do you think strange or romantic something's telling me go strange i don't ah. know why <laughs> well okay then well you see and that's a great choice jessica and we could just mm -hmm. ha have you on i mean or and just uh, me and you, you know, on mm -hmm. screen. I mean, I don't mind. But you okay. see, this story I love mm -hmm. because on the surface of this particular story, it can be strange. And I say that for a reason. But beneath it lies this, this hidden meaning, which I, I'd love to share with you, if that's okay, Jessica. Yeah, absolutely. And so it was written by one of the great philosophers of magic, and his name was Eugene Berger. But you see, Eugene was also a master at bizarre magic, which makes this quite interesting. Now, before he had passed away, he had handed it down to my teacher, Jeff McBride. And then later on, he handed it down to me. And so in keeping with Eugene's legacy and his wishes, today, I hand down that story to you, Jessica. And it begins something like this. A highlights in the history of the world, told with a pack of playing cards. Chapter 19, the Inquisition, always a buddy cast favorite. <laughs> the nine of spades shall represent an exceedingly efficient device of medieval torture. The Jack of Diamonds, a confused member of the community falsely accused of the heresy of witchcraft. And I shall play Torquemada, the Inquisitor. And you, Jessica, shall play Torquemada's assistant. A very important role indeed. <laughs> but first, the device is prepared behind the victim's back thereby causing witless anxiety. Our inquisition begins. Do you confess to the heresy of witchcraft? No, no. Perhaps this will loosen your tongue. Actually, Jessica, the tongue is removed so that the angry screams do not detract from the merriment of the moment. You would think that the victim is inserted into the device. Oh no, the device is inserted into the victim and rubbed up against his very spine. <laughs> On a good day, you could get them to turn inside out. But on a very good day, you could get them to turn outside in inside out and outside in you could get them so bewildered so confused that they were facing one way and the other at the same time a quick snap of the spine and this is my favorite part you could almost hear their bones breaking oh look our victim is beside himself but look one half is facing out the other half is facing in and they will only match if you turn the head 180 degrees and they match perfectly and that is how they search for the truth in the Middle Ages. <laughs> I hope wow. you enjoyed. You know, Jessica, I had wondered why Eugene wrote that strange tale. And it struck me. Perhaps Eugene wanted to remind us that magic can teach us a great lesson in our past mistakes and more so to never make those mistakes again. 
And so to Eugene Berger, may he continue to inspire us from beyond. And I hope you enjoyed, Jessica. <laughs> Absolutely. Always do. Magic is, it, uh, it's just one of those things. It's amazing. Um, well, you know, and that, that right there, Jessica, is, is uh, a, an example of the storytelling magic that I like to do. And hopefully I'm able to, to show you a little bit more of that you know, later on. Mm -hmm. And I think if Faust were able to talk, then I think it would be expressed in, in that sort of way. And I, I love that sort of strangeness in stories, but also there's beauty and meaning behind it, you know? And I think that's what drew me to that story to begin with. And thank you so much for allowing me to share that small piece. Absolutely. Loved hearing it. Um, hmm. What should I do next? Oh, here's like an interesting question I kind of wonder. Like, say whenever you're working on a magic trick and you kind of like get stuck, like kind of like anyone else would, like say if I was playing trumpet and I get stuck on a piece of music. Um, have there been moments where you've like, okay, I got to step back and kind of walk away for a minute and then come back or you know yeah you know that that is that is the thing mm -hmm. one of the hardest things to do at least for me is to truly find your voice find mm -hmm. your voice in magic i don't think you know tricks anyone can perform a trick mm -hmm. but i think there has to be this connection jeff mcbride would always tell me there are some tricks that will love you and there are some tricks that will really love you and he goes you want to find the tricks that really love you because therein lies connection with you in that trick and then you begin to understand all these nuances for me the hardest trick for me is when i talk and so you can imagine that showing you that particular trick, it required me to find, one, to learn the script. And the script is so long. You know, it's Eugene's. At Eugene's script, and Trent may know this, Eugene's scripts are not short at all. And, and, and every word is, is done and said deliberately for a reason. And I want to maintain that sort of you know, uh, effect and tradition and learning his stories has been quite the task, but a gratifying one when you do. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, learning Eugene's scripts has been an obstacle, a challenge, and also a gratifying thing when you really connect with it. You know, I had learned a script that I tell you, it was six pages long. And um, maybe Trent knows who it is, and 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 it is it was taken from the expert at the card table, and it is a very old book, Jessica. It was a is a, a guy, I think he was in the early 1900s, maybe the 1800s, and he wrote one of the foremost books on card magic. I'm sure you know a lot of close-up magicians know who that is. It's uh, Erdenace. And Chubster probably knows who that is. And there's a script in there. And it's called the Exclusive Co Coterie. And the, the, the script for that was at least three pages long. And word for word. Yes, S.W. Erdenay's Trent, Trent uh, there just pointed out. It's called the Exclusive Co Coterie. And I think it goes something like, Ladies and gentlemen, as I endeavor to illustrate with the aid of this ordinary deck of cards, how futile the efforts of plebeians to blah, 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 right? It was written in the old language that Victorians used to talk in. And I had memorized it. I had memorized it word for word. And I don't know too many people who have memorized that piece. I think Ricky J a famous, famous legend in magic, did it with 
with ease. I had memorized it, and then I had learned through Jeff a routine to, to perform it. And I, and after all that work, after all that work, Jessica, I just didn't connect with it. I just didn't connect with it. So unfortunately, I had to put that aside. Mm -hmm. But come to the trick that I showed you just now, I connected with it in this weird way. And I had to love it back. Although I really love that other trick because it, it had this sort of language, this old language that I love. I, you know, I just had to kind of accept the fact that, you know, it just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. But I, I love being able to have those moments where this is the right trick. And I think every trick that I or performance that I put into my act as Faust, I certainly found that moment with each one. Like at the very end of it, I was like, you know what? This really, I understand and I could do. And, you know, so and if you know my act, I really don't have much. I know a lot of tricks, but I don't implement much for that very reason. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's just that that sort of that that perfectionist sort of honoring of the character that I want to display, that I really want to find these pieces where I have those moments. And so everything that I show you is is that you've seen my act a hundred times, <laughs> probably, especially the pantomime pieces. Uh -huh. But those are the ones that I really connect with, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I still, I, I'm always amazed every time. <laughs> yeah, never I, gets old. Trent says, it all begins with words, even if they aren't spoken. Well said, my friend. Well said. You know, I think we could talk about words all day long, you know. And I think words are the most powerful thing, aren't they not, Jessica? Yes, they can be powerful as anything really even even here like <laughs> we can never take them back right yeah <laughs> what's there can, said you cannot <laughs> right and you know you could always edit but you know i think mm -hmm. when it's live here and i think for me magic is in that way i'm not a great improv you know improviser by any means but i think you know with words i try not to waste them I try not to waste the movements because at least that's how I was taught. You know, mm -hmm. they should all have meaning. And, you know, and I think it makes the experience for the audience member that much more better if you can really hone in your words because they're so powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, they're, they're really powerful. I mean, that script alone, I, I was like, it's the strangest thing. You know, it's just this weird story about torture and the medieval times. You know, my favorite things, right? <laughs> my favorite thing. Right? But what does it have to do with me and this character? You know, and I really had to dig deep. And I was like, you know what? Eugene always had this sensibility about stories. They all have meanings and metaphors. Magic itself is one huge metaphor, but that story to me really spoke about mistakes and never to commit mistakes again because the whole Inquisition story was a huge mistake. It proved nothing. Torture proves nothing. And so that's what I got out of it, Jessica. That's why I love telling that story. <laughs> yeah, that that is a good story. I like that one. I'm glad I chose strange. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do this. I have one more story, one last story, and then I think, I think you know, I've spoken enough, and I think we could end it on <laughs> on a high note. The last yes. thing I want to do is you know, mm -hmm. is to end it on on a strange note because I do love love stories and i know that you and nick have a love story so i wanted to do this i actually was hoping you would choose love 
<laughs> I kind of thought that too. I wondered, I'm like, I wonder if there's a certain one he wants me to choose. Yeah. So I wanted you to choose love. So I think it, it's, you know, is appropriate. So yeah. this story, Jessica, it wasn't written by Eugene Berger, but mm -hmm. it was written by another magician by the name of Dr. Larry Haas. And, you know, for me, it is about love. And it, 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 it goes something like this. Do you mind if I, if I tell it? Absolutely. Okay. Apparently, there are magicians in every culture. But, Jessica, what is a magician? You know, there's so many definitions for that, is it, is it not? Mm -hmm. So, to me, a magician is any person that can radically change our perception and thus transform our lives. Well, this story is about a magician from the Jewish tradition. Once, there was a rabbi with a hunched back. But because of his great learning, he was arranged to marry the most beautiful girl in the village. On the day they were to meet, he went to the family home. The father welcomed him into the house. But when the beautiful young woman had one look at his hunched back, she ran from the room saying, Papa, I'm sorry, I cannot marry him. The father was stunned. He had promised, what could he do? Don't worry, said the rabbi. I will release her from your pledge if you just give me five minutes alone with her. Of course, what could the father say? He had promised. A few minutes later, the couple emerged, holding hands. The woman was glowing. She said, Papa, I was wrong. I would be more than honored to marry this man. After the rabbi left, the father said, My child, I have to know. What did he say to you? Papa. He told me of a time, 40 days before we were conceived, and in that space a heavenly voice said, This man shall marry this woman, but one of them shall have a hunched back. Papa, then I heard his soul cry out beside me, Please, God, no, she is so beautiful. If one of us must have a hunchback, let it be me. Oh, Papa, can you imagine? After hearing that, everything changed. The story of the rabbi magician. <laughs> That's awesome. And that's for you and Nick, Jessica. I hope you enjoyed that little lovely tale. And thank you so much for having me on the show, on your thank first you. show, Jessica. <laughs> thank you. It's, it's an honor to have you. It's an honor to have a magician. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's, let's end it on a, like you said, a good note or a high note. I forget which. But, <laughs> but uh, um, I'm going to ask you a few more questions and then, yes. yeah. Um, so the famous buddy cast question, of course, what in your own words, does it mean to be someone's buddy? Well, I think, you know, meeting, meeting Nick definitely has humbled me in a way because he has showed me what that term could mean. And I owe that one to Nick. He has been there for me, you know, through thick and thin and, I think buddy can be a word that we take for granted sometimes. Yes. You know, so for me, being a buddy is to be a friend no matter what, in good times and in bad. And if you can just be there when you're needed, especially when you're really needed, then that to me is being a buddy. You don't have to be there all the time or see each other all the time when you're really needed that's when buddies come and that's what nick 
has showed me and he has introduced me to you and Jessica and we've all been buddies. Trent is one of them now. And, and you know what? He's brought us together. He's brought a great group together. That's what a buddy does. He seriously, he has um, all of us in Buddy 8 and Buddy Cast has just, yep. it's amazed me as well to see like the friendship that we have now. And Yep. Mm -hmm. True saint, if you ask yes. me. <laughs> and he can honestly, he can make friends with anybody. And that's, I think that's, that's a gift. Yes. You know, an absolute gift. And I owe that to him. And he's truly a, a buddy of mine you know, forever. Absolutely. Um, okay, so next question. If you could have our audience donate to a charity, what would it be and why? Ah, good question. You know, there are a lot of charities, but just to give people a heads up, Buddy Aid is doing, we, we do a monthly charity benefit for organizations. And this month is going to be for the Elton John AIDS Foundation. And I think, you know, because what did Nick say? Is... <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> but you know what? The Elton, Elton John AIDS Foundation, we are trying to give assistance and we're putting on a show. I think it's March 26, if I'm not mistaken. But I think I think you're right. Yeah. So we're going to be putting on a show and I think you're you're helping out hosting with that. Yes, I will be co-hosting for the first time for Buddy Aid. I think. Excellent. So it's going to be a great time. I would mm -hmm. definitely say the Elton John AIDS Foundation. And that's what I love about awesome. Buddy Aid and Buddy Cast is we're always trying to help for a good cause. And I think that's a great cause. I agree. Right there. <laughs> March 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific. And we'll see you there, everyone. Yeah. Yes, we will. Um, and then last but not least, if you could give, or for anyone who is learning magic, um, yeah. if you could give them any advice, what would it be? Well, I think, you know, it's perfectly okay to learn magic as a hobby. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to do that. You don't have to be as serious as, as I am. I think that's part of the magical journey. Take the first step into the magic, you know, the magical journey and just play around with it, you know, fool around with it. If it makes you happy, then continue on because I can guarantee you that magic will lead you into this, this journey of, of performing and even if it's just for friends and family, but perhaps it will lead you to the big stage. But I think no matter what, magic will give you something good. It will make you smile. And that is the most important thing for anyone learning magic or just even dabbling in it. So take the first step and just introduce yourself to that, to that world. And that's my advice. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a buddy on BuddyCast again today. It's always <laughs> awesome having you. Um, with that said. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say this before, <laughs> before our producer comes on. You did a great job. And thank you so much for having me as your first guest. That is an honor for me. And I, you know what, I really don't. I to be given the platform to show magic outside of pantomime mm -hmm. that was really heartfelt for me and so thank you Jessica and Nick thank you it was awesome I always everyone on buddy Aiden buddy cast having having um when I was kind of choosing or like Nick was helping me choose I'm like who's gonna I felt like there is gonna be a certain person that's gonna make me like sit there and like um not be professional, but like, I'm going to kind of be like the right type of nervous, if you know what I mean. Yes. Like I'm going to be able to focus and everything like that. Cause I mean, there's some, um, like someone else I'm that I might choose. Say if I chose Trent, I'm sure I'd do fine with Trent too, of course. Right. But like, I might more be laid back and, you know, mm. just kind of like joke around more <laughs> and not like have the serious mm. demeanor. I don't know. You know what I mean? 
Well, I think you did a great job. What do you think, boss? Uh, you guys did fantastic today. <laughs> I know, Trent, if you're still out there, I'm doing up an idea right now. <laughs> Trent, you're up next, buddy. Yep. <laughs> you know Absolutely. I'll gladly. On the next hour, we'll, we'll do it back to back. So, Trent, give Trent the link and then we'll <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> we no. would, I got to get, we probably have to get flying soon. So, yes. oh, yeah, work and all that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nick. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. But thank, thank you, you. Chris, for doing this with Jessica. It was a blast. Ooh, look at this. <laughs> see, he's <Hello>. ready. <laughs> You're Maybe next Wednesday, we'll see. <laughs> oh, if I could mention something, yes. I'm, I'm interviewing Trent uh, Saturday. Yes. And, and so please, if you follow me on Facebook, I'm interviewing Trent, Trent Wrench, and we're going to have a great time on there on my podcast, uh, Faust and Company. So please, if you're all watching, I'm interviewing Trent. I'm also going to be on tonight, uh, you know, interviewing Raven and Miggs, uh, Magic Castle performers. So check that out tonight, 7 p.m., Pacific, it's probably too late for you guys, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> my way, you know, <laughs> yeah, like 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, yeah. But mm -hmm. thank you again, guys. Mm -hmm. Thank you. you. <laughs> Say that again, honey. Sorry, I didn't catch it. You make it night owl. I very funny. Um, <laughs> lately, I can't make it when he gets home from work at 11 30. <laughs> Like I'm literally 10 minutes after he gets home, I'm gone. I know. She yeah. at least, I will give her credit. She makes sure I get I get home safely. Like Definitely. a true girlfriend. She makes sure I get home safely. She makes sure that I'm not laying in a ditch somewhere or right. Like doing something, you know. She makes sure I'm home, everything's good. Then she passes out because she knows her job is done for the day. Well, you know, you have a very special lady. Oh, 100%. There's a reason why we call her the first lady of Buddy Cash. That's right. I am truly happy that she gave me the day off and that you, she granted you this interview. It was such a pleasure to watch both of you from behind the scenes. I had fun today. <laughs> I don't know about our audience, but I had fun. <laughs> just, well, I had fun as well. Yes, just watching you guys, you know, just watching you guys click, just watching you guys be buddies, which is what this show is intended for. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what BuddyCast is all about, you know? It's not about, oh, who can interview the most interesting people or how many celebrities can be. It's just about buddies chatting. Yes. Absolutely. And, honey, I seriously hope you continue that dream and that you do your own show because you know you have two people on the screen right now that back you 100%. We'll never, we'll never just watch you fail and go, okay, well, that was fun. Next, you know? And... Definitely, you know, Jessica, I hope you continue with it. I think, you know what, and um, see you later, Chubster. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Jessica. I, You know what, it was fun, and I hope you continue with it. And I would I would say, I would, I would tell Nick, you, you better push Jessica. You have some competition now. <laughs> but I know I do. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I have competition. I now have a co-host. Right. You've gained a co-host. Exactly. I have my partner. I have my co-host. What else could a buddy want, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. So thank you guys so, so much for doing this today. I hope our audience did just as much as I did. For all my buddies out there, this is my lovely girlfriend, Jessica, the first lady of BuddyCast, as we call her. This is our partner, Chris Heron as Faust. He, he's done amazing work for Buddy Cash. Check out his show as well. And I have one favor to ask both of you guys. Go be someone's buddy today. You got it. We'll catch you all next time here on everybody's favorite show, Buddy Cast. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past Buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cast Don't feel like it can make it, buddy Here on Buddy Cast